or welcome back. This is Ends With Z. And today, the three of us are back. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz and our executive producer, Sean Moe. Good morning, you two. Hello, Juan. Good morning. We have a lot to talk about. So we didn't much. realize yeah. it was there was so many layers to mm-hmm. friendship um, and that it it put us down um, this pathway of... A rabbit hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, of of thinking about our past friendships, thinking about what it takes to make and sustain friends at mm-hmm. different stages in our life and mm-hmm. and what it means to be a good friend and have good friends in your life. Yeah. At the end of the last episode, I mentioned this is just the tip of the iceberg and, mm-hmm. and we're really not kidding. I actually had a few days to think about what we talked about last time. And if you haven't done it, of course, we invite you to listen to our, our previous podcast, but uh, it definitely got me thinking we have a lot of great things we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's a, a, a great way to, to to start is to reframe what we mean when we're saying exploring the concept of friendship. Right. Uh, so we, we we look at it in two different categories. There's the the, the tremendous focus on romantic love right. as in romantic relationships as as being the you know the end all be all that we mm-hmm. pursue in life and we mm-hmm. took a moment to pause and say well maybe you know maybe there's this other relationship that is important in our life <clears throat> that we should think about that we should spend enough time right. or more time exploring and that's the platonic love or mm-hmm. or friendship uh, uh, those relationships and how they impact on our life and how do mm-hmm. we how do we know if they're good friendships or not? Yeah, I know because a lot of people, right? You get into that romantic relationship, right? And what do they say about your your other half, right? Mm-hmm. They're your mm-hmm. best friend. This mm-hmm. is my best friend. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I know a lot of couples where they each have best friends outside um, the marriage mm-hmm. or the relationship, and it's totally fine. Your your spouse doesn't have to be your best friend, right? Well, I would say that concept of your spouse being your best uh-huh. friend is a more modern concept. Agreed. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Think so? Do you think your parents were best friends? I don't think my parents were best friends. I think, you know, my dad was older than my mom, mm-hmm. and it was just one of those old school, you know, um, my, my dad needed a chaperone to take my mom out, and there was a sort of maybe wow. a power um, thing going on where, you know, mm-hmm. the man was the breadwinner, the woman was the... The, the housekeeper, the the, the, the lover, mm-hmm. the, the mother. So, yeah, you're right. I don't think they were best. I think they were enamored of each other, but, yeah, not best friends. I think it's such a modern concept. I think it has taken a hold the last 20 or 25 years. Mm-hmm. I think how modern that concept is, okay. that it is my best friend. We didn't talk in those terms no. with in terms of marriage. And furthermore, because I, I, in about the same time frame, I've, maybe it's 30 years, maybe it's less, uh, parents, I also hear parents mm-hmm. of our generation and younger say, oh, my child is my best friend, which mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that is a That's ridiculous a, yeah. I've got an issue with that one. concept. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm okay saying that because yeah. as my father used to say, um, your child should have a lot of great friends and best friends in their life, right. but they will only have one mother and one father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do that really well. So if my father was talking about that, then it was probably 25 years ago where this concept started emerging or we started hearing or yeah. I started being aware of it. I, I agree. Uh, again, I, um, I I often quote Esther Perel because I think she is, as does the rest of the world, one mm-hmm. of the foremost leading minds. She's she, uh, a, a therapist. Um, on relationships and the the nature of relationships and it used to be romantic relationships she now focuses on other types of relationships mm-hmm. because they have taken such a focal point in a post-pandemic and pandemic world mm-hmm. but 
to the point about you should your spouse be your best friend I, I think that it puts such incredible weight on that already strained relationship and the reason I say that is because look at the divorce rate mm-hmm. right no doubt and and you know what it'd be a great opportunity right now to ask our listeners what they feel about this concept because it's yes. something we can talk about later if they do believe your your other half your spouse your partner whatever um, do you consider that person a best friend or not go to endswithz.com shoot us an email and we'll or, talk about or in, it or hit us up on, on Instagram, Instagram and, and and let us know ends with z as well and mm-hmm. why it why it works for them um, and i and i wonder why that why that transference of everything mm-hmm. being in your man, in your romantic relationship mm-hmm. why that moved away from your platonic relationships to your romantic relationship i wonder where that shift came from is it that we're becoming worse and worse friends that we have less and less fewer and fewer right. friends well or is it just generational you know mm-hmm. think of the the people that were doing that were probably our generation gen zers who are raised by primarily the silent generation mm-hmm. so we wanted the opposite of what they were doing if they weren't fr- best friends and they didn't have that type of relationship mm-hmm. we wanted something different mm-hmm. So maybe that's why we wanted to be more friendly with the person that we were ultimately going to marry and see them more as an equal partner and not just a spouse. Or has the narrative just turned into that where people have to believe that the person they're marrying is their best friend? True, but also remember statistically since 1990, more and more Americans have fewer or no friends. That's it's right. four. I think it was the stat was four times uh, the number of Americans have mm-hmm. fewer friends than they did in uh, before the 1990s, and it's even worse among men. Is it that mm-hmm. we? Is it that we invest less and less in making friends? Is it that we are more isolated and therefore we put it all on the romantic relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, the numbers, Cecile, are, are clear and they show, right? Uh, in the U.S., uh, loneliness, the loneliness crisis predates the COVID mm-hmm. pandemic. So in 1990s, you said 3% of Americans said they had no close friends. 2021, this is already post-pandemic, 12% of Americans said they had no close friends. So That's... I know the pandemic must have done something to to uptick those numbers too right but we just mentioned not a few minutes ago that a lot of parents say now their children are their best friends so if their children are their best friends they're not making friendships outside of the family Mm -hmm. or outside of the house so the nature of those types of relationships is going to decrease because uh, let's be honest making friends making good friends healthy friendships mm-hmm. um rewarding friendships mm-hmm. it's work it mm-hmm. like work. everything mm-hmm. that we say um matters in life you have to first of all start with a point of clarity of who you are um come from a positive point of of loving yourself and, and feeling good about yourself and then make a concerted effort to go out there and find those friends i know juan you had uh, some experiences when you first moved here how was it for you to make friends because it's hard and it gets harder the older we get and we are willing to do it less Mm -hmm. well when i moved here i was 27 years old and at the time i was just so excited to get out of my parents house and out of their grasp and and basically hit control all delete on my life (laughs) and start fresh and i only knew one person um, in the city of Los Angeles, who was um, working at a competing TV station, but we had very little in common. 
other than we were both interns at uh, Univision way back mm. in the day. Mm -hmm. That was our only connection. And it turns out we really never spent any time together. Mm -hmm. But what I started doing was I started going to the gym, attending different classes, group classes, um, and slowly but surely I started making friends. And that's one of the tips we're going to give later. But, you know, finding a common activity that you mm -hmm. have, for example, um, they say even joining a book club where you would come together with some people to discuss things, that helps. Mm -hmm. Also, something I did which was interesting was um, when I became single, like in 2008 at the time, I was ending a relationship in, in that year, I started going to uh, country western line dancing. Oh, oh my Because I thought great. it was, yeah, I thought it was, um, you know, um, not a club. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though it was in a country western bar. But, you know, the lights were up, the music was lower, and you'd go in for these uh, line dance lessons. And it was so much fun. And I got to meet so many new people that were outside the business, which was one of my things. Mm -hmm. I wanted mm -hmm. to make friends outside of my business. And it became easier for me. So I had a pretty good experience, although in the last podcast I was mentioning those friends that I first made mm -hmm. um, when I came here to Los Angeles. Um, you know, 20 years ago, um, I can't remember their names today. It's just we were just separated. Things changed. Other people moved back. Right. So that's my experience. What about you, Sean, when you moved here? Well, when I moved here, I uh, only knew a handful of people mm -hmm. myself. Um, and I was, I guess I was more focused on figuring out L.A. and how I'm going to make my new life here work uh -huh. over making a lot of friends right. right away. So I guess that wasn't necessarily a priority. Right. So uh, I guess in the beginning, a lot of the friendships that started were through the people that I, mm -hmm. the handful of people that I did know here. But the ones that grew and lasted were the ones I made at the gym or at some activity where I met them more organically mm -hmm. yeah. than actually just through another person. Yeah, and I want to backtrack a little bit, uh, Cecile, before we keep going, but I do relate to what Sean was saying. When I first got here, I was so focused on work, starting mm -hmm. a new career on the West Coast, that friendship necessarily wasn't my number mm -hmm. one priority. It was navigating Los Angeles, mm -hmm. figuring out which way was mm -hmm. up, <laughs> you know, how to how to say the, the names of communities that I was reporting from. So that was very important. Friendship came later. Um, and so, yeah, I, I get what he's saying. Yeah. And that's that is the point that that I think all of us encountered as we started thinking about what is this thing, friendship, mm -hmm. because we are led to believe that friendships just happen organically and you show up at the playground and mm -hmm. you make friends and everybody's going to love you. And and all of this just yeah. naturally like there, we, we almost have a, a mythology, a romanticized view about friends instantly becoming friends. Right. right. It's like a the other flip side of romantic love. Mm -hmm. Sean, I know you <laughs> I don't. Sean is our, at least for me, that I tend to live in the world of, in two worlds. I live in drastic reality because I deal with, yeah. uh, with Wall Street and I deal in, in, the, in you know, feeding squirrels, bird chirping in the morning, yeah. <laughs> over romanticizing. Yeah. But isn't that what they tell little girls too? Your Prince Charming is of suddenly course, going to appear out of, of nowhere. Course. And even I remember my mom saying when I talked about, you know, finding a wife or, or a partner when I was a little kid, my mom would say God would send the right person to me. So 
you grow it's up just thinking that's, that's well look at look happen. at all the fairy tale movies one of them eats a poison apple and somebody has to kiss her to wake her up you know uh, the mm. other one it's just you're kissing sleeping women <laughs> well <laughs> doing. In, in, in this day and age they would have a lot of can you yeah. imagine if what would oh, happen to prince charming he would have been canceled out a long time ago yeah. but back to friends <laughs> So the truth of it is, there is science, there is yeah, effort into right. how we make these, how we we make great relationships, full stop. Period. And all that we want our listeners to, to think about, what we've started thinking about, and we actually had a little field trip because we got so into thinking about this, um, is that there is... There are tools. There's there's things for you to read about, things yeah. for you to think about, uh, new approaches that you should have, and above all, to stop and think, who am I? Mm-hmm. What makes sense for me? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I in a healthy place? Yeah. Am I in a happy place? And what more, who would make my life better? And, and um, It's a full study. It's, I mean, a, it's a, a full study. study. So people have reached, researched this. And I think the great way to, to, to reframe this again, and we talked about it briefly in the, in the last podcast, is to start by understanding how we make those connections with people. How do mm-hmm. we attach to mm-hmm. somebody else? What brings us closer to, this indiv- to those uh, people that we want to have close in our life? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the concept is attachment theory right. uh, is the study, and there are three different forms that people generally create and form an attachment and the Mm -hmm. attachment is is formed and the way we connect with people is formed from the earliest stages of our life and it's not just our parents it could be other influential caregivers that had an impact on our life a teacher a babysitter babysitter, uh, siblings siblings, uh, a really close friend that Mm -hmm. maybe was always at your house Uh, I have friends that I consider my sisters because from the earliest memories I had because of unfortunate things that happened in their family mm-hmm. uh, this friend of ours Irene was always at the house I remember you talking about her and yep. so she mm-hmm. was always with us so the three forms of uh, attachment theory and again there's variations as we talked about sometimes you're more one than the other but the first is secure uh, meaning that you grew up feeling very secure like mm-hmm. you belong that you're loved that you matter and traditionally people who grew up with a secure attachment uh, approach to their okay. relationships are very confident people. This they also believe others can be trusted. Okay. That's right. That's a really important point. So if you believe others can be trusted, right. you are more open. You are more welcoming. You're more engaging. Right. You you welcome you feel safe. Yes, right? you in welcome their, in people in your life, and yeah. and those are people that we traditionally say. Wow, that person makes friends really fast. It's really easy. How do they do it? Yeah, it's really easy for this person to make friends Mm -hmm. because they look at the world through the lens of how they grew up. Mm -hmm. The second is insecure. And obviously the name kind of tips you off to how this person connects. And they are typically anxious. They they typically question whether or not uh, they belong in the room, whether they're they're cared for, whether they can trust. And they assume others are going to abandon them, Mm -hmm. which is major. Mm. And and I've how many movies have we watched where the one person usually a woman says you don't let me in you're you're closed off you you know you you don't let me in i think that that's uh-huh. someone who who grew up anticipating that someone's going to leave them mm-hmm. someone that they they depend on for and love because, and emotion oh, i'm sorry and because of that they're very clingy yeah. and needy people and we all know people like that and when you start 
knowing the the symptoms here, I think you have a little more compassion for those yeah. type of people, right? And to your point, Juan, uh, that you had asked last time is uh, no one is one thing or the other. Right. Of, of course, nothing in life is one mm-hmm. thing or the other. And I think we we vacillate or we go we f- we flow in and out of some of these some of these uh, methods Mm -hmm. depending on what's happening in our life depending on how we feel or depending on whatever other trauma or life-changing events we went through and I I think I I, I had mentioned that there are times in my life where I feel like I become needy and clingy Mm -hmm. if I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm losing something that I really wanted or Mm -hmm. if I feel like the rug is being taken out from under me in a relationship and it's devastating and Mm -hmm. you want to hold on to it it doesn't mean that being, if you're a very secure person, if 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 a relationship and a friendship ends that you thought you were secure, I, it can derail you, and you can end up, you know, s- grasping for yeah. for love and comfort. Well, when it turns your world upside down, right? Suddenly mm-hmm. you're taking a hard left hand turn here and not expecting it. It's devastating, right? Correct. And then the third is um, avoidance, mm-hmm. and it's someone that just checked out, right? Well, they they also fear abandonment but mm-hmm. instead of being clingy they just don't engage they keep pe- they keep people at a distance right yeah and so the people that we would call probably loners and they they just they so hard mm-hmm. to be friends with them they're 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 always one you know arm's length away mm-hmm. so what so within that framework of of this is how we as human beings according to to the scientists and psychologists and psychotherapists this is how we build the bonds that lead us to either friendship or or romantic love mm-hmm. Being aware of, and, and only you can truly answer that, and maybe right. you, people that know you. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, it to to say, how am I building these friendships? Because if I'm if I'm uh, insecure, I may hold on to a friendship that I think is feeding me what I need, but it may not be a good mm-hmm. friendship. It may not be what I need. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of reminds me of the field trip that we went on this yes. weekend in the movie that we saw. Um, about a friendship ending. Mm-hmm. That's right. The Banshees of Irishirin. Yes, um, I, I hope you're movie. saying it right because I couldn't. I think I, think I couldn't remember. Correct. Ishirin, it stars yes. Colin Farrell, and I cannot remember the name of his uh, best friend, but um, another well-known um, actor as well, British actor, mm-hmm. British actor. And um, what a movie! Uh, what what well, a tale of of these two men um, on an island, a very remote island, mm-hmm. and the relationship they have. And the changes they both go through, right? The devastating yes. changes, yeah. and it and it is and it's that premise that mm-hmm. literally overnight they this this friendship um, that they counted on this this friendship that at two o'clock they met each other at the pub and spent hours just talking. Especially Colin Farrell's character, correct? Right? He really depended on mm-hmm. this man. Um, and we don't know if the if the if his uh, his friend depended on him equally, um, and so there was this moment, almost like a flip of a switch, where he just decided, "I don't want to be friends with I you, anymore. Like you anymore. Right. I don't like I you don't anymore." Like you. And to to it, which was which sent both characters into this very drastic mm-hmm. and and very sad and sometimes horrific chain of events of of how you deal with loss and the loss of friendship, and I think that part of the reason why some of these actions were so drastic is because the loss of the friendship to some degree, especially such close friends meant mm-hmm. a loss of identity. Mm-hmm. And to give the other actor um, some, some credit, his name <laughs> is Brendan Gleason. He yeah. plays the character of Colm and uh, Colin Farrell plays uh, Patrick. Patrick. Patrick yeah. So um, 
those are the two main characters in this movie. So what did you think about the movie, Juan? I know we've talked about it briefly. We, I think when we first walked out, we were all a bit stunned, right? <laughs> we were processing. It was a lot to take you know in. What? I think the audience felt the loneliness mm-hmm. that Patrick um, felt mm-hmm. when his, his best friend, Colm, decides, I don't like you anymore. And there wasn't a lot of discussion about that. No, it was it was cold. It was mm-hmm. fact. It was, that's it. And there was a scene I remember um, where they just kind of held on on um, Colin Farrell's face, and there was silence. And you can see him going through this. I mean, such a great actor that mm-hmm. he is, right? Mm-hmm. You can see him going through these, you know, this range of emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sad. He's he's confused. He mm-hmm. doesn't know why this is going on. Um, I think we can all relate to that in some aspect of our lives. I mean, I felt for him um, in the movie, which, you know, I don't necessarily do every Mm -hmm. time I see a movie, but this one had a a big impact. And I also think that part of the reason why I felt for Mm -hmm. him is because the the, the theme, the way they... The, throughout the movie, the way to describe the Colin Farrell character mm-hmm. is everybody said he's a good man. He's the nice. He was yes. the nice guy he in the, the island. Nice, he was the good guy. He was the nice guy. He, he cared for his animal. Yeah, and he says too. because he said basically what he was trying to rationalize in his brain is how could this be happening? What and he kept saying what? Did, remember he said what did I do? And I and I apologize mm-hmm. and I'll never do it again because he kept saying to himself, but I'm a good guy. So how can someone? abandon me how can love be taken away how can friendship be taken away with no explanation and he did the work right Mm -hmm. he did the work in the movie he kept asking him what did i do did i say something did i say something while i was drunk Mm -hmm. please Mm -hmm. tell me so that i can fix things um you know and he really didn't give him much nothing much much to to go with which is another part of, of the complexity of friendships mm-hmm. and the and how you can go through, which I believe is what the the um, the uh, the Brendan uh, Gleason character uh-huh. uh, column realizes, unfortunately, too late at the end of the movie, is that he chose to break off a friendship that was paramount in his life yep. because he was going through some pretty devastating maybe existential realization in his life mm-hmm. that he was coming to almost to the end of his life, right. that he had very few years left mm-hmm. and he was saying, what did I do with my yeah. life? Well, he kept saying, right? He says, nice people aren't remembered, yes. but people who write music, mm-hmm. composers, those are still talked about many, many years later. So in the movie, and no spoiler alerts here for people who do want to go see the movie, um, he's writing his his opus, right? Yes. He's writing his violin his, opus. His famous mm-hmm violin song because he wanted to be remembered he wanted to leave something behind and he didn't realize that he had already mattered in the world because he was everything to his friend Mm -hmm. and 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 his lack of awareness of who he was and and his value to the world Mm -hmm. his value to this tiny little town where everyone had a role to play um but everyone was equally as lonely yes that's right the only friendships that were in that town were these two and then uh, Patrick and the village idiot. Dom, yeah. Dominic, right? Dominic. Yeah. Dominic. Mm-hmm. yeah, the poor poor boy that was being abused by mm-hmm. his father. Um, that's true. That's true. And, and even that relationship, that friendship, uh, we, we saw that, that it was cut short mm-hmm. because Patrick was so focused on saving 
the other friendship. the other friendship but i thought it was it was an important and a very well presented um examination of the importance that friendship can have how because he was a single man both were single they didn't mm-hmm. have children mm-hmm. but at the beginning of the movie colin farrell is a happy man mm-hmm. he he is happy with his life in a mm-hmm. tiny little island in uh in ireland 1923, 1923. he is Looking happy forward to happy hour with his buddy that was what he looked forward mm-hmm. to and he was so happy and his whole world fell apart um and he changed fundamentally who he was as a person mm-hmm. um, because his friend was going through a crisis. So uh, it's it's a movie that I, I'm, I'm so glad, Sean, that you recommended we went to go see it. I, I love Brendan Gleeson as an actor. Mm-hmm. Funny, I couldn't remember his name. Uh, but I, it, it was it was such a beautiful study. I, we, I guess we call it a character study, but it, it was, was really a study, study of friendship yeah. and, and relationships and loss. Mm-hmm. And loneliness. And loneliness. Have you ever lost a friendship, Juanito, that... Was um, devastating to you? Have I ever lost a friendship? I mean, I would say um, going back, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of friendships, maybe you don't lose them, but they fade away mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. just fade out. And then you just come to a conclusion where, gosh, what happened? Mm-hmm. I guess we weren't that close or maybe I didn't put enough energy into it. Maybe that, you know, when the, 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 the people say um, uh, the phone goes, the rings both, both ways. ways. Mm-hmm. It works both ways. Um, sometimes I've, fallen into that where I don't call and they don't call and then you just lose track but I do remember one specific um, time in my life it was in high school and it's still with me 40 years later where um, just my best friend in high school once the summer vacation came um, we'd we'd both go our ways we lived in different parts of the city I know he was a veterinary uh, tech so he Mm -hmm. had a summer job and I was swimming and doing things with, (laughs) with my family and just it was radio silence for the full summer Yet during the school year, we were such close friends that I would mourn the loss Mm. at the end of every school year that I knew this best friend was going to vanish for the next three months. Of course, you graduated, you lost touch. Then we graduated. Then he all of a sudden decided to, you know, venture out on himself. And he pulled himself away from all our high school friends Mm. and nobody really heard from him for a long time. And he finally reached out years later to reconnect and he told me why he he had gone his his separate ways and whatnot not from me but just from life in general which was you know his business um but um yeah and today i still kind of you know feel badly that the the relationship didn't uh, keep going but such is life and and you know what about you two i mean i i did i there's two occasions that i can think about um but the one that was most recent uh, was um, this this family that we were friends with that I met through my ex-husband. Uh-huh. He had known them since he was 14, uh, the husband and then the, the wife. Uh, but I became very close to them, very close to the three kids. The three kids called me auntie. I, I, ad- mm. I adore these three children. Uh, I adore them. And and I care very deeply for the couple, and we spent a lot of time together. We traveled um, outside of the country together. The the kids went to my house in Arizona and called my brothers and sisters uncle and aunt. Yeah. And when, as happens, when even right bef- before the marriage ended, uh, for a lot of different reasons, um, they 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 pulled away, and um, 
and I know that this happens in divorce or just relationships when couples break up you know people have to, friends have to choose mm-hmm. was it a conscious thing you think for them they knew you were going to get a divorce so they slowly pulled no, back no I, th- I think I think it, just... it I think it happened um, I think I, I know that it happened because of of things that were happening with my with my now ex-husband uh-huh. and and that's why they pulled away but I feel like I was collateral damage Mm, to I that see, I, see. Um, I try to reach out several times but I um, to with no response especially because there have been some things that happening in their life that that I was concerned about and I just mm-hmm. wanted to share my love and not even a return phone call and I know it's not the kids because the kids are wonderful right. and, and and lovely and, and it has to be hard on the kids too I would think so yeah. I would hope so but that cutting off that not yeah. even the 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 mm-hmm. The kindness of saying, hey, this is challenging. We've known your ex-husband for a long time. Or even, I don't like you, as hard as it is, but just nothing, not even a return phone call, nothing. That was really painful because I truly cared about these people. I truly, and I truly cared about the children. And I got to tell you, it does make me stop and say, and I thought about it also in the last podcast when Mm -hmm. you said, Cecile, you love with such, you know, all or nothing it's, it's all or, and Sean and I both know that right mm-hmm. when Cecile meets even one of our friends who you have no contact prior contact with she immediately makes people feel welcome loved cared for thank you um so I know a blow like that has to be difficult mm-hmm. because you're all in yeah. all the time and it made me th- yeah I know and it made me think <laughs> after what you guys said Cecile it's too much and I thought shit am I too much am I being too much am I why am I doing that is it coming from a happy place or is it coming from an insecure place I gotta tell you I spent I never thought of I that. spent all weekend thinking about this uh-huh. or more than all weekend from the last time we met um, I can tell you it's not coming from an insecure place but I do feel that I have to think about I have to think about am I being too much to people and if I am do I stop or do I say well, if it's too much for you, thank you next. Well, speaking I, for right. myself, please don't stop. <laughs> I know Sean, I know Sean yeah. is exactly believes the same thing I do. Because so. I was thinking, oh my God, if I'm making them feel uncomfortable, maybe I shouldn't do that. And that is hard. That is hard mm-hmm. to do when you sit back and you, ref- I mean, I think it's important to do because it's, it's, it's how we become more aware of who we are and yeah. that's how we become better in life. But um, I did that with, uh, I did that examination. Uh, one, of the, one of the children, they're not kids anymore, just had a birthday uh, on the 7th of this uh-huh. month. Believe me, he was first and foremost in my mind. And it took a lot, five to years later, to not pick yeah. up the phone and call. Because the rejection would have hurt. But yeah, it's... Or, your, or the phone call not being answered. Or the text going to green which means or maybe it would have been answered it's just like i said in the last podcast you don't know if a friendship is long term or short term Mm -hmm. until something happens and you have time to think and reflect upon it and then time in the future to either re-engage or maybe you don't want to engage at all and that's your answer well sean i know you have a different approach to friendship do you think i believe that friendships are fundamentally important. Mm-hmm. Good relationships are fundamentally important to any human being to have a good, fulfilled, happy quality of, quality of life. 
I don't think about a number because if you have one, you're better off than most of the people on this planet. Right. Mm-hmm. But do you believe that? Do you believe that you need one solid well, friend? Well, you need good relationships um, for sure. You, mm-hmm. you can't make it through life by yourself and not have any type of friend or friendly relationships mm-hmm. because that's kind of what gets you through soothes over the rough patches yeah. mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's like I said you get different things from your friends at different times and I, I think the what makes someone a really good friend is if you're both being the type of friends that you need for each other at the time mm-hmm. and when that happens together that makes the strongest bond and the strongest friendships and I think those are the ones that can start and stop without any time passing and, right. and you feel like, wow, we're just like we were before. But I think it's it's kind of how that friendship started and is nurtured throughout. That's that right. dictates what it is. And we'll put this up on the show notes, but uh-huh. um, the the psychologist that we keep referencing, and, and again, we encourage people to go out and get the, her book. Her name is Marissa Franco. That's right. And the book that she wrote is titled Platonic, How the Science of Attachment Can Help You Make and Keep Friends. And that's what you're talking about, Sean. Mm-hmm. And I, I ordered the book, and I'm, I haven't, I've only read excerpts from it from a lot of articles that we read it that quote her, be, rightfully so. But Juan, you just had that happen recently. You were telling mm-hmm. me that you, someone that was a close friend a while ago. 20 years ago, yeah. I'll talk about it in a second. And you know, uh, Dr. Marissa Franco, you know, we're talking about adults here. Yes. She's talking about making and keeping friends in adulthood. So what an important look at friendship, right, as, as we get older. Um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine who used to work with me on a freelance basis, so it was somebody who kind of would come and go, but he was one of those first people who would invite me over to his mm-hmm. house and hey, let's go do something, let's ride bikes or whatever. Um, he kind of vanished, um, stayed in Los Angeles, but we just lost touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He started working for another company and we just lost touch, no reason for it. Two weeks ago, I get this text out of the blue and if I can find it, I'll, I'll read it to you, but it was just a random text um, out of nowhere just saying, wow, you crossed my mind. Mm. Um, how about we reconnect and get back together? And I saw it. I was so surprised, and I kept his phone number in my phone, so I knew exactly who it was. And I guess I didn't get back to it um, so quickly, right? And um, it was kind of funny, but I did. And we had dinner a couple of weeks ago, and it was wonderful. We had such a great time reconnecting. Mm. And here's the text, just so you know. And we're going to talk about this later because this is a great tip if you want to do reconnect with somebody. Uh, Doctor Franco says to do that. To look at your phone. Look at somebody you were texting a year ago and just send them a quick, hey, interesting about you. Right. So he said, hey, Juan, I won't say his name, but it's been a long, long, long time. Too long. Hope all is well on your end. I saw you on the news and then I was going through some things and came across your number. So I'm starting to think the universe is telling me to reach out. You were one of my first friends when I came to Los Angeles. Would love to reconnect and catch up. It'd be great to see you and talk to you. That's a oh, very nice, nice that. message. That's a nice yeah. template. It's a really nice template. You can use <laughs> Cut it. and paste. You can borrow it. Our no. listeners can use it. My response was. That's a typical answer from Sean. <laughs> <laughs> My response was, holy cow. So nice to hear from you. What a blast from the past. Hope you're doing well. I'm still here at the same job 27 years later. Um, so until they show me the door, this is where you'll find me. Hope all is well with you. 
And then he did respond because he got busy. And he says, hey, let's have dinner. Uh, my treat, blah, blah, blah. And we did. And it was, How was it? It was wonderful. And it was just like I saw him the week before. And I know all of us at some point in our lives do have these random people mm-hmm. who come into our lives. One of my closest friends in Miami, her name is Jean. I've known her since kindergarten, believe wow. it or not. We went through junior high together and then we split up for high school, but we went to college together. Whenever I go back and we sit down at the table, it's like we pick up right where we left off. Mm. It's like without skipping a beat. And it was kind of like that with with this guy. And, you know, it's been a 20-year stretch. We didn't have a lot of history, but it was really nice. And when we walked away from dinner, we're like, we need to do this more often. There's still so much to talk about. Do you think it's because the connection you made with this this person was truly genuine? It was coming from something deeper you know than just... It just came from no expectation, right? Um, I put myself out there. I think he did as well. We were both professionals um, swimming in the same professional pool. And um, they were both again. the kind of friends you needed at the time. Exactly. And, and even now, it was just so nice to reconnect. And I felt good like um they always say you know people remember how you make them feel mm-hmm. right um great quote i walked away feeling great and i know when i got home i got a text from him saying that was fantastic Aww. let's make sure we stay on top of it because you know life happens mm-hmm. um so fast well, friendship takes work friendships that, take work absolutely sure. that's right yeah. Yeah, friendships do take work like anything worthwhile in yeah. our life and if we're going to invest the time yeah. in in the energy and the work, then let's make sure it's the right friendships mm-hmm. that are going to have the right impact in in your life. And and I said this to somebody um, a couple of days ago as I was talking about how what we're thinking about and what we're addressing in the podcast mm-hmm. and the the subject that um, we're addressing. And I, I do that with the people that I that I run into in my day to day life because mm-hmm. I want to know what their their thoughts are. Mm-hmm. And I said something along those lines. I said one of the interesting things that we're finding out is that really good friendships, like any relationship, takes work and it takes effort and you have to think about it and you have to Mm -hmm. be mindful. And the person said, oh, that seems like you're you're plotting and scheming. It should just happen. Mm -hmm. True friendships like true love just happens. Again, that's a big misconception that Dr. Franco talks about. She says... People who think friendships happen organically turn out to be even lonelier. And then you have to put yourself out there to make those friendships. You have right. to work at it. That's interesting that people that 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 tend to think that it's just going to magically happen like love at first sight to, to romantic love mm-hmm. feel that way. And I and I can see why I, I can see mm-hmm. why to me that. That has a that that has a smattering of somebody's going to rescue me because they're going to see me. And everything's going to fall into place. Or it's not my fault that I don't have many friends. It just hasn't happened. I didn't think about that, Sean. You're right. It takes effort. It takes the blame off of them. It does take effort. And which why we say that the phone rings both ways. Mm-hmm. And hey, if you're somebody in transition, that is what Dr. Franco says are, are the people who are primed to making new friendships. People who've recently moved mm-hmm. to a new city. Mm-hmm. We talked which about a lot that. of people have. Sean and I both moved to a new city. Um, going through a breakup, something that um, we've all gone through, right? Cecilia, the divorce also. Also, um, if you're traveling, right? I know I'm one of those people. I love to travel. And when I travel solo, I always make friends who later stay in touch with me. Mm -hmm. And I love it. 
I love it. And, and when I mention a friend that I have in Korea or a friend that I have in Taiwan, my, it's like, how do you know these people? It's like, I just, I just met them when I was out there. And they were very kind to me and welcoming to me. And even when you travel with your friends, like the yeah. two of you and your trip yes. to Europe, that yeah. seems to take the friendship to another level of, that's right. of intimacy and of lasting a longer. Well, that's what we said. I remember yeah. we decided to go on this mm-hmm. trip. Um, 2001. And right. it, we had we had known each other not even a year, yeah. really. Yeah. So uh, I remember we said, you're the one that said, after this friendship, We'll either be great friends or we won't want to talk to each other ever again. And, well, the third person we don't really, we don't see anymore, but you and I are family. And again, for no family, other reason no other, other reason, than we just. We look at life in a yeah, different way. That's right. And the connective tissue is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I can talk from experience. You know, I had a really, really good friend who, um, when I lived in Chicago, he was uh-huh. one of my best friends. And he was one of my best friends, but it was kind of a friend frenemy type oh. of relationship oh. i think we all have those people we haven't even gotten into those good friends but sometimes you have to question mm-hmm. are they a friend or not but when i moved away we kind of nurtured the friendship a little bit but then it ended i mean mm. it imploded oh and wow imploded. i imploded wow. on his end because he was kind of i don't know if it was a jealousy thing but he just kind of went off the rails and the inship, friendship imploded and I've never looked back. And I often wonder if he reached out to me, would I take the call yeah. or would I? And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Well, I had a friend real quick in college who always wanted to know everything about me. It was a one-sided road, mm-hmm. one, oh. a one-way road, always. And whenever I would turn around the, the table and ask him what's going on with him, it was always short answers, so much vagueness. And at the time in my life, I was figuring out who I was, mm-hmm. and I just felt like I didn't need that friendship. So I cut him off. I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not settling for this. He did reach out mm. years and years and years later through Facebook, mm. and he brought it up. Like, what did I do? And I did tell him. I said, you know what? It was a one-sided relationship. And then he he, he lives in New York now, mm-hmm. and he wanted to kind of make amends. And you know what? I had, that ship had sailed mm-hmm. so long ago. I didn't want to because you didn't have any connection to no connection to, and to I that. remember how he made me feel right yes. and that's why you know we still have so much mm-hmm. more to unpack about about friendship because the frenemies piece that comes from why do we allow someone that has that negative piece in our life mm-hmm. and I think it was very healthy for you to to cut a, a friendship that wasn't giving you something honest and, mm-hmm. and good and mm-hmm. not to psychoanalyze right. him but if someone just wants to find about you and and because I've had people I had a, a boyfriend who's who unfortunately was very wealthy he was mm-hmm. a trust fund baby and I said and he just didn't want to do anything in life and right. one time he said well I don't because I said what what do you stand for in life it's, mm-hmm. it's not about the money it's about who what are you contributing to life and he said I and I said what would you say at a cocktail party he said I don't have to say anything I would just have him talk to you I, I, I can live vicariously for, for through you. That was the biggest turnoff wow. that to is me. That a turnoff. That was the biggest turnoff. And, and, and I think you were feeling that by not, let, by not letting mm-hmm. you into his life. Well, in my case, I felt I was being so, I was tearing down the walls. I was being myself for the first time in front of others, mm-hmm. right? Someone who I thought, wow, this, this friend could shepherd me through 
what I was going mm-hmm. through, right? And that's the coming out process, which mm-hmm. everybody goes through in a different way. And then it was always one-sided. Yeah. And I felt, why am I giving so much and getting so little in return? So knowing that that would cost me that friendship in a way, and, and of course, things happened. We graduated college. I started working, and, and we, we moved away from each other. Um, but I was okay saying enough is enough. So what can we do to be better friends? What would what would you say, Juan? What, what, can, what do you think you can do? What well, does Dr. Uh, Marissa Franco say we well, can do to be better friends? How to be better friends. I'll tell you something that came up recently, and this is another. Friendship really does pop into our lives mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I heard from a friend of mine, good friend of mine. She's an intimate friend of mine. Her boyfriend got mad at her because he was spilling to her. He was talking to her. He, mm-hmm. was, he was decompressing with her. And all she was doing was finding solutions. He would drop a problem, she would find a solution. Oh, he would that's drop a problem. Me. So they had a talk, and again, good thing they have good communication because mm-hmm. they're a great couple. And and she told me what was going on, and she goes, you know what I realized? I just have to be a good listener. I don't have to provide um, solutions for your problem. Just listen. And actually, it came into a good time in my life, too, because my partner now is, is asking me questions about his new home purchase and what he should do. All I do is listen mm. because my solutions are very quick. Yep. Yep. Quick cut, you know, <laughs> sever, <Move on. laughs> sever that, um, that vein and, and move on. Um, and sometimes you just have to listen. So how to be a good friend? I think definitely be a good listener and hold your tongue. If you think you're, cause we all think, right. We have the answers to it. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I'm older than my partner. My friend is a little older than her boyfriend. It's like, I've got the I've got the answer to this. And you I've love the person there. and you want to help. I've been done that. So anyways, how to be a good friend, be a good, li- definitely be a, a good listener. Um, and yeah. What about that, you, that's, Sean? That's my thing. Be a good listener. What about Sean? I think be authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm thinking about this movie. That mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah, it stayed with me it. too. And when you think the only authentic people were Colm, who was probably, no, I guess he wasn't really authentic because he... Mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson, uh-huh. Um, but the only two were um, Dominic. Colin, Dominic, who was kind of the village idiot, and Patrick, who was yeah. Colin Farrell. And they, right. they were the only two happy characters in mm-hmm. the movie until... It all Even Colin Farrell's sister yes. felt that she had to move away from her brother and from her life because she just wasn't happy. She was living the role of the dutiful daughter and then the dutiful sister. Mm -hmm. For me, uh, how I can be a better friend to my friends is creating more space and time in my schedule uh, to spend time with friends. Um, I, I work long hours. I spend every moment that I have dancing. Mm -hmm. But um, I need to be okay with saying, well, I'm just going to pop over or meet to get together with a friend for an hour. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be such a big production. Cause it I doesn't like, have to, right, I, yeah. to me, it always has to be a, a big production. I think it's, that's what, uh, the adjustment that I can make. There's so much more to unpack. We haven't even yeah. gotten to friendships at, at, at the workplace, work. mm-hmm. which I, has a whole other layer of complexity. Mm-hmm. And, and I know the three of us have different views about friendships at work. And we're going to explore that at, uh, during our next podcast, uh, because we are still talking about friends indeed we are the conversation continues and that will bring us to the end of another episode of ends with z thanks so much for listening 
If you like what you hear, please share and tell your friends. You can find out more about us at endswithz.com. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a good one because above all else, you matter. Thank you.